It's Sunday school time. It's Sunday school time. Good morning, afternoon, evening, even night. Okay? It's just a wonderful day. This is Sunday. It is the 14th of June in the year 2020. Our God is an awesome, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious God. And I am so thankful to Him because He's blessed me. He's blessed you to live, to see another day, and to have the reasonable portion of our health, our strength, our comprehension, our understanding, all of that he's granted to us. And to those who are asking for healing in some way, in whatever realm you need it in, I am agreeing with you and asking God right now in the name of Jesus to grant it to you. Grant it to you right now. And we thank him for it. Lord, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We thank you. Hold on. God sees. He hears. He knows everything. And the great thing about it is he knew it before he even created this world. So he has you covered. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning, and that's a fact. The morning doesn't have to be the natural morning from the night to the day. Your morning could be in a few seconds. It could be later on this evening, but joy will come. Joy will come. Our Sunday School lesson today is entitled, Playing the Blame Game. Playing the Blame Game. And we're going to be in the scriptures, John the ninth chapter, the first through the twelfth verses. You can call me at 469-629. 9543. You can email me at ggtchurch66 at yahoo.com. Those are the numbers 66. ggtchurch66 at yahoo.com. We're going to the King James Version of our lesson. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. 
As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed, and came seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Hey. <laughs> Woo. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and I received sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? He said, I know not. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for your word. And God is speaking to me and telling me to interject here and let you know that the reason that I believe in God, the reason that I believe in God and, and know without a doubt that he is a true and a living God is because my life my life, my whole being is a living witness. When I pray, he answers my prayer. When I talk with him, he answers me in the spirit. He lets me know. He leads me and guides me each and every day. Those of you who don't know that he is a true and living God, I can tell you for a fact. I can tell you that he is a true and a living God. Our focal scripture is his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? That's John, the ninth chapter and the second verse. John does not tell us if Jesus saw the blind man immediately after he left the temple at the end of John chapter 8 or later. But in John's gospel, we see the marked contrast between spiritual blindness and physical blindness. Jesus came to heal both types of blindness. But spiritual blindness can only be healed when a person believes in Jesus Christ and does what Jesus says. As the other Gospels, Gospels report, Jesus had healed other blind men previously, but this is the only written record of Jesus healing a man blind from birth. As we learned in John chapter 5, 
When Jesus healed a man who had been ill for 38 years, the man's illness was most probably the consequence of his sins, but Jesus told him later, do not sin anymore so that nothing worse happens to you. That's John, the fifth chapter and the 14th verse. As we study chapter nine, notice the different responses of the men Jesus healed in John chapter five and John chapter nine. By his behavior after Jesus walked to him, it seems the man Jesus healed in John chapter five remained spiritually blind. John does not tell us the rest of his story, and he probably never learned whether the man returned to his sins or turned to God after Jesus healed him. In chapter 9, we see how Jesus healed the man born blind physically and spiritually. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Perhaps for thousands of years, up to the including today, up to and including today, many have assigned sin as the cause of every sickness and misfortune. Some have assigned God as the cause of all sickness and misfortune, while saying God does not commit sin when he causes sickness and misfortune. But Jesus' disciples wanted to know how sin played a part in this blind man having, as we would call it today, an obvious genetic disorder from birth. In this fallen world, every person is born with some type of genetic disorder, some obvious and debilitating, and some not so obvious. Hmm. Now that I didn't know about. This is a commentary, okay, and we have a right to question whatever we feel that the Spirit is leading us to do, okay? All right. So some Jews in Jesus' day thought birth disorders were a result of the parents' sins. Other Jews thought a baby could sin while in the womb. Some religions account for the cause of genetic disorders by saying the person sinned in a previous life and deserves to be sick and have other misfortunes. Some people think that everyone is born a sinner before they ever commit a sin. All right. Now, there's a scripture that tells us that we were all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. To born in sin and shaped in iniquity. 
It didn't say we were all born sinners, okay? Now, you can ponder over that if you like. That's a good discussion for some later time. All right. Jesus answered his disciples' question by denying sin was the cause of the man's genetic disorder, his blindness from birth. Jesus refused to assign the cause of the man's blindness to sin. The man had not sinned before his birth. There's an answer right there. Though all have sinned, Jesus said that this man's blindness was not the result of his parents having sinned. In 1 John, the third chapter and the fourth verse, the Bible carefully defined sin. Everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. Or as the King James Version reads, Whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. No one can transgress the law of God or be guilty of lawlessness in the womb or before they are born. Jesus' teaching and example here may teach us not to go beyond what the Bible clearly teaches and speculate about such matters or make an effort to assign sin to people before they are born or to parents who have a child born with a disability. There we go. Good, good, good comments right there. The scribes and Pharisees of Jesus' day built their religious teachings on efforts to know and describe the unknowable. Jesus did not. Our many temptations are enough to explain why everyone will eventually sin. Jesus has commanded us not to sin, and Jesus does not give people any excuse for committing sin, such as, I was born a sinner, or the devil made me do it. (laughs) The Bible truthfully describes our marvelous formation as children in the womb. Read Psalm 139 verses 13 through 17 about how God works in everyone's creation in the womb. Especially consider these words in Psalm 139, 13 through 15. For it was you, the Lord, who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Jesus replied to his disciples, corresponds, to Psalm 139. God creates every person in his image so he works so his works, excuse me, might be revealed in him. And I'll repeat that. You know I have this OCD about getting it right. 
God creates every person in his image so his works might be revealed in them. When we hold a newborn baby, we should rejoice that God created every baby and God created them that God's works might be revealed in them. As Christians, as Christian parents, we should do all we can, the Lord Jesus being our helper, so God's works might be revealed in every person, including newborn babies. That's the work Jesus did when he conducted his ministry as the light of the world, and that is what he has called Christians to do. No matter what our situation, God's good works can be revealed in us, in our loved ones, and in others we meet. Jesus expects us to intentionally work the good works of God, the Father, and Him. People can passively reveal the works of God as the healed man began to do after Jesus healed him. Then he actively revealed God's works when people questioned him. Christians need to concentrate their efforts on praying and learning from God in the Bible so they can intentionally and actively do works that will reveal the works of God in their lives and the lives of others. Christians must be open to God working through them by His Spirit so their works are truly His works through them and not their works done in the flesh. All oh, that is a good one. And I will repeat that. This is the L.G. Parkhurst Jr. version of the Sunday School Lesson and it's based on the International Sunday School Lesson. You can find it at www.ouosu.com or you could just type in International Sunday School Lesson, L.G. Parkhurst Jr. will come up, O-U-O-S-U will come up, okay? Christians, need to concentrate their efforts on praying and learning from God in the Bible so they can intentionally and actively do works that will reveal the works of God in their lives and the lives of others. Christians must be open to God working through them by His Spirit so their works are truly His works through them and not there are works done in the flesh. So let's not get confused about whose work it is, all right? We are a vessel being used by God so that people will see Him working in our lives and want to have God in their lives. That's it. There are special times when God gives us special opportunities to do special works for Him. 
These times come and go along with their special opportunities. We will go some places only once. We will see some people only once. The disciples only saw Jesus every day face to face, but only for three years. There will also be times when no one can work other than by doing the work of prayer because the situation has changed. My God, my God, my God, you're awesome. My God. Jesus is the light of the world. The religious leaders that John described in chapter 8 rejected Jesus as the light of the the light and life of the world. Now you know I have to go back, don't you? <laughs> the religious leaders that John described in chapter 8 rejected Jesus as the light and life of the world. They rejected the truths Jesus taught and there would come a time when they would look for him and not be able to find him as Jesus foretold them. After Jesus' death of the cross, his light was only temporarily put out. After Jesus rose from the dead three days later, his light and life came back into the world. Today, his light and life show forth in his followers. Hallelujah. In Matthew 5, verse 14, Jesus explained to his disciples, You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. Immediately after Jesus' crucifixion, other than pray, no one could do the works of God in the world. After Jesus ascended into heaven on the day of Pentecost, Jesus gave his spirit to his disciples so they and all who believe in him could serve as his faithful witnesses and do his works. Through Jesus, the word made flesh, God created humans in his image from the dust of the ground. To do the work of God, Jesus took dust from the ground and with his saliva, he made mud to heal the man born blind. Jesus healed the blind man without the man knowing who Jesus was. Similarly, Jesus healed the sick man at the pool in John chapter 5 without the man knowing who he was. Their healings ultimately depended on Jesus, not on their faith, but each in their own way responded to Jesus in faith. When Jesus made the mud, Jesus made a medicine for the man's eyes. Until Jesus comes again through faith, with and without using medicines depending on the illness, Christians now do the works of God on earth in the power of the Holy Spirit as Jesus commanded. 
Hallelujah. Jesus began a work of God when he applied medicine to the man's eyes. If the blind man wanted to see, he had to believe Jesus, believe Jesus' medicine would be effective, obey Jesus' command to go to a pool, do as Jesus instructed, and wash in the pool of Siloam. As John explained to his Gentile readers, the name Siloam means sent. The name sent that's S-E-N-T, may come from the fact that water was sent through a tunnel to provide water to the pool. The tunnel was especially dug so water sent to the pool would meet the needs of the people in Jerusalem during a siege if necessary. Notice, the Father sent Jesus to do his works Jesus intentionally and specifically sent the man to the pool to wash so he could see. The medicine of the great physician worked as Jesus intended after the man obeyed as Jesus intended. I repeat, the medicine of the great physician worked as Jesus intended after the man obeyed as Jesus intended. Now typically in Judea blind people had to beg to survive. After the man returned home his neighbors who knew him well called him a beggar. The man was so transformed with the ability to see that they could hardly believe he was the same man. After Jesus gave him vision, no doubt he wanted to stop begging and find meaningful work. He could not stop rejoicing because he was seeing for the first time in his life. No one had ever heard of a man born blind claim uh, gaining the ability to see. No one had ever heard of a man born blind gaining the ability to see. It could only be explained as a work of God. So his neighbors wanted to learn how it happened. Some believed and some disbelieved that the man who could see was the same man as the one they knew who had been born blind. No matter how much evidence some people are given, they simply refuse to believe in God or believe in Jesus as the Bible reveals the Father and His Son. The man kept repeating, I am the man. He testified that a work of God had been done in him. Similarly, no matter how many works of God Jesus did, the religious leaders and others would not believe in him as the one sent from God. Their sinful choices blinded them to the truth many saw in Jesus. Some with and without belief asked 
the man repeatedly how his eyes were opened. Because it was so extraordinary, the miracle was apparently beyond belief. As with all miracles, some rejoiced to hear the man retell his story repeatedly. No matter how often they heard his story, others simply would not believe that he was the same man, even as some would not believe in Jesus no matter what he did. Such was the case of the religious leaders in John chapter 8 and later chapters in John's Gospel. No matter what they see and hear, some choose to remain spiritually blind. Now, as a good, faithful witness to the works of Jesus, the man told them exactly how he came to see. And it tells us as a good and faithful witness to the works of Jesus Christ, the man told them exactly how it came to be and how he came to see. Jesus put mud on his eyes and obeying Jesus, he went, he washed, and he saw. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to God. He only knew the name of Jesus and called him a man. Though he knew little about Jesus, he had enough faith in Jesus to do what Jesus commanded. Jesus inspired faith within him, and in faith the man obeyed Jesus and completed his healing. The man indicated that after he obeyed Jesus' command, he was healed. He left no doubt that after he did what Jesus said, Jesus healed him completely. Though he had washed as Jesus said, he gave Jesus all the glory for his healing. The man obviously did not know what Jesus looked like and he had no idea where Jesus went. Notice here, Jesus did not wait for the man to come back to him so he could receive glory from the man he healed. Seven days a week, Jesus went on to do the works of God whenever God gave him the opportunity. Jesus did not wait around to be thanked by those he helped. Rather, Jesus went on looking for more ways to do the works of God. Jesus continues to be an example for all his followers who seek to do the works of Jesus and his Father as Jesus commanded. And I want to give you a little version. Uh, and it's very important uh, event in my life. I was standing, you're talking about sin, uh, is sickness, blindness, a result of sin. I was standing in my daughter's kitchen and I was at the sink. And 
I was thinking about people that I know who have debilitating diseases and sicknesses. And this was like in 2013. And I asked God. Now I'm standing at the sink. I asked him if their sicknesses were the results of their sins. I turned around to the stove, the cook stove, the range, and the Spirit, God spoke to me and said, if I had, you would have been dead a long time ago. And the question was, you know, did you allow these people to be sick because of their sins? And he said to me, just when I turned around, if I had, you would have been dead a long time ago. That I have never forgotten, never will. He spoke to me in my mind, in my spirit, and told me. That let me know that it's all by the grace of God. It's all by the grace of God. And then like the, like Jesus said, when they asked the question, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And then, on down, this was his disciples, Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I mean, God has a plan. He's working this plan out through the sickness, through the dis-ease, through the blindness, through the lameness. God has a plan. Hold on. Hold on, God has a plan for your life, for my life. I thank God for my portion of health and strength. He's been mighty, mighty good to me, mighty good to me. And for my age, when I go to have my uh, checkups, people are thoroughly surprised at my health status because it's so good. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that. Even though I don't know what will happen in the next millisecond, I don't know, but right now I'm praising God. I can attest to the fact that God is a good God. Yes, He is. And He's sustaining me mentally, physically, emotionally. He's sustaining me, and I thank him for it. He has a plan. He's working through my life, too, and I thank him. And there's a, a part of a song that Elder Davis 
likes to hear it's a song he likes to hear Superintendent Frank Sowell sing but the part that Elder Davis remembers is it's getting late in the evening and the sun is going down if I don't wake up in the morning everything and Elder Davis said every little thing Every big thing, everything is going to be all right. And so he was saying that whatever my situation is, physically, naturally, emotionally, it's yet getting late in the evening, and my time is drawing nigh. Whether it's the time I'm caught up in the rapture, still alive and be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, or if I should transition from this life through death, no matter what it is, everything will be all right. It's getting late in the evening. And the sun is going down. And if I don't wake up in the morning, everything, everything, every, every, everything is going to be all right. Now let me get to these questions. Five questions for discussion and thinking further. You can probably tell my sinuses are inflamed, I guess. You can probably hear it. Okay. Number one, who sinned that the man was born blind? Number two, in what special way did Jesus look upon the man who was born blind? How do you look upon people who have a genetic disorder? How did Jesus explain our responsibility to do the works of God? That's number three. Number four, what did Jesus do to heal the man? Why do you think Jesus healed him in this way? Number five, what did the man do to receive his sight? If he had disobeyed Jesus, do you think he would have been able to see. It's a glorious day. It's a glorious day. Enjoy. Enjoy this Sunday, the 14th of June in the year 2020 or whatever day you're listening to this podcast. This is Greater Gospel Temple and Inspiration of God Ministries. I'm going to pray the prayer, a prayer of repentance. If you have not repented of your sins and accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, or if you have repented of your sins, accepted Him as your personal Savior, and have backslidden or backslided, whichever one I'm supposed to say, or are in a backslidden situation, which means that you have started sinning again, this is an opportunity to get back into the fold. 
Repeat after me. Dear God, I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins in the name of Jesus. I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Amen. That's it. You can call me at 469-629-9543. You can email me at ggtchurch66 at yahoo.com. You can call some other pastor, some other child of God, and get connected with the people of God. Get connected with the people of God so that you can learn, be encouraged, and know how to do the will of God. Because it's not as long as it has been and Jesus is going to come back and there is going to be a rapture and you want to be one that's going to be caught up to meet him in the air and see him face to face. You want to be that one. Now, I want to say my sister-in-law, Rebecca, is a faithful listener and watcher of Greater Gospel Temple, Point of View, with Shirley Polk, and I am so thankful for my sister-in-law. She takes super califragilistic care of my dear brother, Michael. And I am so thankful for her, for you, Becky. I love you. And may the God of the universe continually bless and keep you and give you the desires of your heart according to his will. And that I'm asking God in the name of Jesus for you. I love you all. Enjoy. Let me hear from you.